I want to say before we jump in here, uh, we're going to be in John chapter 14. So if you want to go ahead and turn there, you can do that. I'm going to pray for us. But I always love getting the opportunity to speak to uh, AIA, whether it's virtually or in person. Obviously, I prefer to do it in person. But when you get a chance to speak to some of the finest people, which I believe athletes are some of the finest people in our institution, and especially those that love Jesus, those that are pursuing Jesus, maybe you don't, you're not there yet in terms of your love, but you're, you're curious, it's always awesome to look and see just everyone just taking notes. I love that. I love it. That's an athlete right there. So open to John uh, chapter 14 if you have your Bible or if you're using your phone or a tablet or whatever it is that you're using. And we're just going to read the first six verses of the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John. This is Jesus speaking, and he says this to his disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so... I would have told you that I go to, to prepare a place for you. Or would I have told you to go and prepare a place for you? He's asking a rhetorical question. Verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Well, this confused them a little bit, and Thomas speaks up, and he asks a question. So Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray here really quick before we get started. God, thank you so much for the privilege of studying your word. Thank you that you've given us the wisdom to be able to understand it, but we know that Without your Holy Spirit, uh, it would be futile for us to read it and to try to comprehend it. And so I pray that right now you would send to us in the next few minutes the same Holy Spirit that inspired the writing, the same Holy Spirit that inspired John, the one who wrote these words down. I pray that he would come to us right now in this meeting and inspire us and encourage us and challenge us to see Jesus and to embrace him for who he says he is. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. You know, for more than uh, 20 years or so, I've actually had the honor of preaching and teaching God's Word um, pretty much every week. I started out in youth ministry um, as a youth pastor, and then around 2003, I ventured into church planting. April and I um, ventured into church planting, and so I've been, uh, for over 20 years, on a very weekly basis, going through often line by line, dozen, I mean, just a, dozens of books in the Bible. I've not preached through all of them, but we've gone through several of them. And I have to confess that I've actually preached through the Gospel of John three times. And the reason why is I keep coming back to the Gospel of John is because I think it's probably my favorite of the four Gospels. It's, it's hard to pick a favorite book of the Bible, but I know everybody does. And I, I love this Gospel. And I think one of the reasons why I love this account of Jesus's life and his teaching and what he did, which was written specifically by John for those who lived in the Greek world, the Greek region, and were among uh, the Greek culture. I love this because 
All throughout the book of John, John gives us a micro view of Jesus and the way he encounters individual people. In the other Gospels, we see some of that, but a lot of it is more of a, of a wide-angle view, and they tell us what Jesus is teaching. But one of the things that you see about John is it's almost like he's holding up a... I, I watch Impractical Jokers, and they have a skit where they hold up a microphone, and they try to listen in on people's conversations, and they say, I'll oh, just go ahead and talk. I'm just getting some recording. I kind of picture John's doing that. Uh, in people's conversations, like Jesus is meeting with the woman at the well in John 4, and you got this microphone, and John's listening in, and he's writing down what Jesus is saying to her. And I, and I love that you hear how Jesus reacts to people individually. And I think it shows how Jesus might react to each one of us individually, should we have the time or take the time to sit down with him for a conversation. And it shows Jesus in a very relational way. I, I think perhaps partly because John was arguably the closest human friendship that Jesus had when Jesus was here in, in skin as a man. Um, John was the only disciple that stayed uh, beside Jesus' cross when he was dying. Jesus looked down from the cross and told John uh, that he wanted him to take care of her mother, uh, his mother Mary. Um, at the Last Supper, this is kind of a cool thing, as they're sitting around at the Last Supper, Jesus had just told all of his disciples that one of them, one of the disciples, was going to betray him, uh, and he would go to the cross and be crucified. And of course, they were all concerned about it, and they were kind of murmuring together and wondering who it might be. And they wanted to ask him, but they all kind of a little uncomfortable about asking him. And there's this little moment where Peter leans into John and says, hey, John, ask him who it's going to be. And I love that because it's almost as though Peter is saying, hey, you know what? If he's going to tell anyone, he'd tell you, John. And so in, in many ways, I think when you're reading the Gospel of John, it's like you're reading the journal of Jesus's best friend. And as we come tonight to chapter 14, in this chapter, John records one line from Jesus that might be at at the top or near the top, I would say it's at the top of the list of the most significant things ever said in the history of the world. So for some context, Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's getting close to that time. He's going to die for our sins. He's going to rise from death. He's going to return to heaven where he rules as God and reigns to this day. And one of his students, Thomas, asks him a question in verse 5. Thomas says to him, hey, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How, do we, how are we going to know the way? You tell us that we know the way, but we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And I think Thomas's question is one of the most important questions that any one of us could ever ask. And that question is, is well, when we die, how can we know where we're going to go forever, for the rest of eternity? Well, Jesus answered his question. And he answered it like this. He said to him, I, Jesus, I am the way. I am the way. And I am the truth. And I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. It's an incredible statement. John 14, 6 is one verse that I would encourage you to just memorize. Put it on your heart. Put it in your head. Memorize it because it's one of the most important things that you will ever hold on to as a conviction for your life. And, and I want to hopefully in the next five minutes explain why. Jesus dropped a bomb on his disciples and made the biggest statement, I think, ever 
that anyone has ever made. He tells him, I am the way, I am the truth, I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And in this one massive proclamation, I think he says four things about himself. It's very easy to see. And so let's look really quickly at those four things. I know if those of you that like to take notes, this makes it nice and neat, right? So let's get four things. I'm the way. I'm the way, Jesus says. So here's the question, all right? What road are you on? Who or where are you trying to get to right now in your life? So if the answer to that is God, I think a lot of us in this, in this room, in this meeting, in this Zoom would say, that answer for me is God. I really want to get to God. Then Jesus says, he's the way, not a way. He says he's the way. And that's a very important distinction. So what does that mean for us? Well, it means that we as humans, I think, I think one of the things it means is that we everything we seek is in God. We know that because in Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says that God has placed eternity in man's heart. And I love that because we long, every single human being longs for what is eternal. We long for something greater, something greater than ourselves, something bigger than what we just experience here in this life and in this world. We long for the eternal. We long to connect with whatever it is that we may or may not know is God. And God has given us that desire. And then Jesus says, when he speaks to his disciples, that he then is the path to get to what you most desire. Jesus is the way. So the question is, what is it that you desire? I mean, really, what do you desire? Think about that. Like, is it, is it love? Is it acceptance? Is, is it justice, perhaps? Is it righteousness? It, whatever it is, it's all in Jesus. So he says he's the way. The second thing he says is he's the truth. And when he says, I am the truth, he doesn't, it's, 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 it's amazing. He doesn't just say he knows the truth. He doesn't say that he tells the truth. He says here that he is the truth. He is the truth. And so what this means is that everything contrary to Jesus or outside of Jesus that claims to be the way is a lie. Anything other than Jesus that claims to grant you love is a lie. Anything outside of Jesus that claims to satisfy your eternal longings and desires is a lie. Anything outside of Jesus that claims to be able to forgive you, to be able to set you free from sins, anything outside of Jesus that claims to be able to provide perfect justice is a lie. Anything outside of Jesus that claims to connect you to God is a lie. That's what it means for someone to say, I am the truth. I am the truth. So let me ask you another question here. What do you believe gives you worth? Why, why are you valuable? What do you think will bring you ultimate fulfillment? And, the, and, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll tell you something, if, if it's something, if your answer in, is, is something or someone other than Jesus, then it's a lie. And it's lying to you at this very moment. Well, Jesus makes the claim, I am the way, I am the truth, and then he says, I am the life. 
And this is really interesting. It's an interesting statement because as human beings, we are all pursuing life. I mean, we're in life every day. We're involved in it. And I think if I were to ask you, what, what, you know, what is the pursuit that, that you're on? Like, how do you want to live your life? I think we would all, especially as athletes, would say, I want to live it to the fullest. I want to live life to the fullest. I want to be the best I can be. Well, if Jesus says that he is the life, that he is life, he is life, then what is it then that we're really pursuing every single day? I mean, we have to pause and ask ourselves, well, what am I really pursuing? Like, what, what aspect of life am I really pursuing every day when I wake up? Is it happiness? Is that what I'm pursuing? Is it, is it like, if, am I trying to just have fun? Is it thrills? Is it education, perhaps? Is it comfort? Is it convenience? Is it status? Like, what? there are lots of things about life, right? Well, here's the thing, though. All of these things we know we know will pass away. We know that we, when this world passes, all of those things that we just mentioned will pass away. So what that means is that none of them could actually be classified as life. They have to be classified as something else. So if we're truly pursuing life, what does that mean? If you're pursuing to live life to the fullest, Jesus says that he alone is life. So let me ask again, are you pursuing Jesus? Because it's in him where we find our life, because he is our life. And, that, and Paul says that in, in Colossians uh, 3, verse 4. Paul says, you know, for you have died, and um, Christ is, you, you are hidden in Christ in God, and Christ is your life. He is life. I'm, I'm botching that all up. Somebody else look that up and, and read it later. I got to move on. The fourth thing, because this is the biggest thing of all, okay? The biggest statement of all. Jesus says, he closes that entire statement with saying, no one comes to the Father except through me. This is the boldest statement that anyone has ever made. Out of, out of all the people in the history of the world who have tried to get to God, claiming to know God, claiming to be spiritual, and so on and so forth, Jesus says that no one gets to God except through him. Jesus is saying that he alone is the gatekeeper, and the only way to get through to God is to go through. There is no other way to God but by Jesus. Some people will tell you that Jesus never said anything like this. Well, now you've just read tonight that he, in fact, has said that, and he says it in more than one place. So if we're trying to be accepted by God, this is what it means. If you're trying to be accepted by God by any other means, like, and I could, I can name a lot of things, like living a, a good moral life, which is a good thing. But if that's, if that's what you're doing to try to be accepted by God, it's not the gateway. If like it's, if it's stacking up a bunch of good deeds, maybe it's abstaining from certain big sins or having good church attendance or sacrificing your own comfort and your own convenience or, you know, you, you allowing yourself to be inconvenienced for other people or, uh, you know, serving other people or pray, even praying and sharing your faith for others. If all of those things are what you're trying to do to be accepted by God, then we've missed the gate. We're not on the right path. Those are all wonderful and good things to do, and we should do that. I encourage you to do them. But the reason I say it's the wrong path is because you can do all of those things outside of knowing and acknowledging and putting faith in Jesus as God and King and Savior and Lord. A person could do all of those things without ever acknowledging Jesus. The very basis of Christianity is the Word of God. That is, this is what we found who we are on. 
And what it says is that there is no access to God or acceptance from God outside of Jesus. So what this means for each one of us is that the biggest question that we will ever answer is, who do you say Jesus is? I mean, you'll go through your life and you're going to answer a lot of questions. You'll be faced with a lot of scenarios in need of solutions. People are going to look to you. You'll be in charge of projects. You'll be asked to share your goals, your ideas, your perspective on a lot of different things. But the biggest perspective you will ever hold in your life is your view of Jesus. So I'll, I'll just close by asking, what is your view of him? I mean, there is no question historically what Jesus says about himself. It can easily be looked up in more than one historical record, not just the one we read tonight. But here in John 14, 6, you see exactly what Jesus says about himself very plainly, very clearly. He is the way to God. And what that means is if you're trusting in something other than the person and the work of Jesus to get you to God, you're going somewhere. You certainly are going somewhere, but it's not leading you to the God of the Bible the creator of the universe. If you don't hear, if you don't yield to or believe anything else in your life, at least hear and yield to and believe John 14, 6. It is the biggest statement ever made in the history of the world, and it's the biggest question you will ever answer in your lifetime. What Jesus says about himself is never said by anyone else. I don't know if you realize that. It's not said by anyone else. There's an old Christian teacher named Thomas, Thomas Akempis who says of, of this verse of Scripture, he's a common, he, I read a commentator, uh, he's one, someone who's commentated on this verse of Scripture, and he said this, Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. The culture says there are many religions and spiritual paths to heaven. That's what everyone says around you. Jesus says he's the only person who can get you to heaven. The culture says there's no such thing as truth. We can't really know truth, the truth. But Jesus says he is the only truth. Culture says that there are a lot of ways for you to live your life. Jesus says that life with him is the only real life that actually never ends. It's eternal. Culture says that it's all about you. You get to be you. You decide you. It's always about you and only you. And Jesus says that it's all about him. It's always about him. And it's only about him. So take some time this evening and just consider this, would you? Just let this question rest in your heart. Have you settled in your heart and in your mind the truth of what Jesus says? Let, let me pray for you. God, my prayer for, for every student, every athlete, every, every adult, every staff member, every person that's engaged with us right now is that we would come to grips with this very, uh, I believe, straightforward um, teaching from Jesus to his disciples, which is meant to go out to all of us as well, those of us who are disciples today in year 2020. This is a divisive teaching. This is a divisive word. This is an intolerant word. It's a word that some would consider to be bigoted. That you should have the audacity to say that you're the only way to get to God. Who are you to say that? Well, the answer to that is God. God can say that about himself. 
and we don't get to be him even though we claim to be him in our culture and my prayer is that god that we as strong athletes who have a strong will who have um, influence i pray that we would humbly embrace this word today and that we would humbly with love and grace take it out to the world and to the places that you send us to every day and that we will hear people's perspectives and give them compassion give them an ear but that we will in great love with the, in the way jesus did with those he met stand firm in this truth for it's in jesus name we pray amen thank you guys